2023. There are some emerging candidates, though, to take over the position in 2024. But is it going to take another outside acquisition to bring some stability to the position? We'll talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates. My name is Ethan Smith. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. And the player review series continues today here on the Locked On Pirates podcast as we move to a position that has seen about as much change as a position could see at the major league level of any position for the Pittsburgh Pirates over the past half decade. And that is the first base position, a position that has been kind of like a carousel that you would see at a state fair. It's just different horses and different rides. You can interchange it. You can have a different view on it. Every single time that you ride it doesn't always mean that view is good. You might get the bad view. Sometimes you might get a hint of the good view sometimes, but lots of bad from first base lately for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And as we've seen in past seasons, folks, it has not been good. The end of 2023, once again, brings questions surrounding first base. And again, it's a position that has now seen 14 different players begin or 14 different starters, sorry, to begin a season since 2004. 2004 was 19 years ago. The Pirates have seen 14 different first basemen on opening day since 2004. And, you know, there was a certain player recently that a lot of Pirates fans thought may be the answer to our first base woes. He was also a former All-Star and had one of the, that was really the only time he was ever in the upper echelon of players at the major league level. And that was Josh Bell. Who shout out to him. He actually had a pretty good two games for Miami, although they got eliminated by the Philadelphia Phillies, who once again look like a running train in the postseason. But since the Josh Bell trade to the Washington Nationals, we have seen 28 different players play first base since Josh Bell was traded, which if you remember, that was right around when I started hosting the show. And Josh Bell, again, it it, it made sense for him to be traded with the changes that were being made. And fewer, some have fewer than five innings, but I wanted to include them anyway because it just speaks to the craziness that we've seen at the first base position over the past three seasons. And that number, of course, includes six players this season. Carlos Santana, of course, Connor Joe, Alfonso Rivas, G-Man Choi, Jared Triolo, and Andy Rodriguez. That list, of course, in order of the amount of games and innings that they played at the position. And the Pirates knew exiting 2022 that first base needed to be a competitive position and a consistent position 
to be competitive in 2023. And they went out and made really the first deal of the offseason in Major League Baseball in 2022, trading for G-Man Choi from the Tampa Bay Rays. They then acquire Carlos Santana via free agency after he had stints in Cleveland and, of course, Seattle, who made the playoffs last season. And both of them were traded at the deadline to Milwaukee, who made the postseason with Carlos Santana and did not win a game at home against the Diamondbacks, and the San Diego Padres, who were one of the more underwhelming teams of the 2023 MLB season. And that left a familiar void at first base, as it usually does. And with Connor Joe, 53 games, and Alfonso Rivas playing 39 games. They took over the position primarily after their departure. Sorry, that was my uh, Google in my bathroom, just randomly speaking. And you look at what happened with this position um, after Santana and G-Man Choi left, and it was really, again, the Connor Joe and Alfonso Rivas show. I don't speak about Alfonso Rivas a lot just because I don't think it really warrants a lot of speaking for Alfonso Rivas. Uh, I don't think he's really going to factor much into the plans that this team has moving forward, especially with me thinking that there will be an outside acquisition at first base this year. And Jared Triolo has played in se- he played in seven games at the position down the stretch of the season. And it was hard for him. He even admitted it publicly that it was hard to learn a position on the fly like that after being used as a utility infielder for most of the season. And, of course, ball tracking from third base to first base is going to be a much, much different feel than what you would have. So when you're exiting 2023 now, the expectation, again, is that the Pirates will probably add outside the organization again at the position. But one of the bigger questions, though, is who platoons with a new addition? Who joins that new addition alongside um, whoever they decide to go get? Because I do think that is going to be one of the higher priorities of Ben Sherrington once again is that he's going to go out and get a first baseman that he really values at the position, much like he did with Carlos Santana, much like he did with G-Man Choi. And Connor Joe is a guy that I think you could throw into that fold. He played almost as many innings at first base as he did at right field this season. He ended the season with a 997 fielding percentage at first base. Joe also ended the season, of course, with a 247 average and a 760 OPS, both around his career averages, very, very close to his career averages. But I think we can all admit that Connor Joe isn't the first baseman of the future And again, I'm sure you all know that, but going to next season, which is what we're looking at now for this Pittsburgh Pirates team throughout the offseason, what is Connor uh, Connor Joe's role? What is his role going to be? And to me, I think he profiles much more as a valuable bench bat. He could play multiple defensive positions. He could play right field. He could play first base, both things that the Pirates value. They love defensive versatility in their lineup. And although his bat isn't elite or even good at times, we've seen him have his struggles with striking out. We've seen him have his struggles with looking at pitches that he probably should be swinging at because that's just who Connor Joe is as a player. He's a very patient player at the plate that's always going to look for walks if he can get them. I think he could excel 
in a bench role and a plug and play role. I think that's something that would work very well for Connor Joe, who's obviously in the pre-arm stage of his deal. But then you also have to wonder with the outside additions, does Joe make the 26 man roster with all the outside additions that the pirates are probably going to make this off season. And I think the answer to that is likely yes, due to his defensive versatility but I would expect him probably more in the outfield, depending on what the Pirates decide to do in the offseason, other than first base. Now, not saying he won't get some time at first base going into 2024. But folks, we also have to remind ourselves a lot can happen over the course of five months, especially with this team. And I think you're going to see a lot of changes, and first base is going to be one of those changes that they really try to take care of and make sure is taken care of heading into next season. Now, Derek Triolo ended the season playing some first base. He got six games over there at first base. So what's there to make of Jared Triolo at the first base position? We'll get into that in just a moment, but I want to let you guys know about the wonderful people over at Sleeper who are giving you a up to a $100 match on your first deposit on mobile only at sleeper.com slash locked on. And the MLB playoffs are here, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. You can still play it right now, folks. You can still go out there and choose some players that are in the postseason because baseball is never more exciting than it is in October with studs like Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, Corbin Carroll, Trey Turner, and more all playing in the postseason. You can pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper because if you get your picks right, you could win big. So use your promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N in all caps, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and enjoy Sleeper and the MLB postseason and win some money while you do so. And welcome back, everybody to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And you might notice that I'm wearing different clothes than in the first segment of the show. Well, I had to delete that show because I found out that the second segment, which we're about to get into right now, and the final segment of that show were muted. And I didn't realize it until after you guys commented. So thank you for the comments on letting me know. So I wanted to basically re-upload the episode after deleting it so that you guys could actually see everything that I was speaking about here on this show. And the second segment, of course, gets into Jerry Triolo. Now, of course, on Thursday, when you heard that first segment, or if you're watching the first segment back, thank you. I would love that, too. We spoke about Jerry Triolo and how he became a surprise in the 2023 season because he really emerged as a pretty valuable player after Key Brian Hayes went to the IL. And when you look at it, too, his first game came on, uh, came on June 28th, and he ended up debuting with three hits in his first two games. I mean, that's something for Jared Triolo that we all knew the glove was going to come along because he had won a Gold Glove Award in the minor leagues. But he also brought his bat with him, too, folks. He finished the season batting 298 with a 786 OPS. And in the month of September, he hit 368. So he had a very strong end to the 2023 campaign. And Triolo's not going to be that kind of guy that's ever going to really show that massive power 
that you're looking for, but he did finish highly in batting run value. He had a plus 12 in that category and sweet spot percentage at 39.5%. And he was very good against righties and lefties also. I mean, this was a guy who had all near identical OPS numbers against both sides of the pitcher's mound. And obviously for most of the time that Triolo was here, he was playing third base one because of the key Brian Hayes injury and they needed somebody to play the position. And two, it was just his natural position that he's used to playing. Courts finishing the season with 309 and a third innings while posting a 973 fielding percentage with 79 assists at third base. Obviously some pretty good numbers, not key Brian Hayes level numbers, but still some pretty good numbers. He also played 87 innings at second base. And of, of course, on Monday's show, uh, you're listening to this on Saturday on Monday show. Myself and Gary will be talking about the second base clog. And I think Jared Triolo might even have a case to play second base. He played 87 innings over there. And, you know, we'll see what they really decide to do with Jared Triolo. But he had six starts at the end of the season at first base, which is what this entire episode is about. And he showed some flashes of learning that position, really having to learn that position on the fly. And it's hard to say in the middle of the season because it was right near the end of the season. So he was doing everything he was doing all year and then trying to learn how to play first base to where he did have six starts and 52 and a thirds innings over at first base without an error at a perfect 1000 fielding percentage. And he got plenty of opportunities over there in a shortened time at the position. I know a lot of people would hear six games. Oh, he didn't have an error. Well, that's very good. But it's also not a like large sample size to really dictate a player on how they played the position defensively across six games. But I do think it's noteworthy to mention it. And he did get plenty of opportunities, as I just mentioned, with 58 total chances, 53 putouts, and five assists, including four double plays that he was involved in. So for Jared Triolo, you have to be happy that he was able to go over to that position and at least look comfortable. And he was very vocal about learning how to play first base and how hard the position can be, especially for a guy who played third base, because you look at it at third base, the ball's always coming to you and you're throwing it across the diamond. Meanwhile, on first base, everything is the opposite. You're going the opposite direction of the ball. You're catching the ball, obviously on every infield play. And it was something that he was very vocal about and wanted people to know that it's not this easy thing for anybody to just switch from third base to first base. And he did look comfortable over there, though. And obviously, it's hard for a player who has won a Gold Glove Award at the minor league level not to look comfortable anywhere. I mean, that's just something that we can all admit, that he's going to look comfortable probably no matter where they play him in the infield because he can play all four infield spots. But he still has plenty of time to hone the position and its challenges, and that's something... I think is a big talking point about Jared Triolo heading into the off season is does he stick at first base? And it's really a tough question when you break down what the pirates really like about Jared Triolo and what kind of player he is. He's a versatile player who can move around the diamond and play probably all four infield spots. And he also nearly hit 300 this year with an almost 800 OPS. That's the guy that you're going to want to keep in the lineup. That's a guy you're going to want to move around so that that defensive versatility can come out and he can really shine doing what he does best. Now, 
it does appear with them allowing him to do it at the end of the season that it's something the Pirates are interested in with Tet- with Triolo moving further. But again, also remember that this Pirates team is not going to look anything really like it did at the end of 2023. You're going to see a lot of the same players next season, but teams change year by year. They have different strengths. They have different weaknesses. They have different players that come along that really make things difficult. I expect that the Pirates will probably go out and find somebody from outside the organization like we've seen them do last season with G-Man Choi and Carlos Santana and like we've seen them do in the past. But I think that would also work out well for Triolo because I think he could work realistically as that Josh Harrison type. Obviously, we all remember Josh Harrison. He could play third. He could play second. He could even play a little bit of first base if he wanted to. He could play a little bit of shortstop. And I think that's something that for Jared Triolo would work out very well. I think it's a position and a role for him that I think would suit him phenomenally. And if his back continues to play like that, I mean, he's going to play wherever the coaching staff tells him to play because that bat has to be in the lineup if it's going to continuously be that good. Now, is that another thing that's going to continue moving forward uh, for Triolo? We don't really know. Is he going to hit 298 across an entire MLB season? I would opt to say probably not. But if he's anything like he, Brian Hayes, where he brings that good defense in the field and can hit in the 270s, that's all the Pirates really need from a guy like Jared Riolo. And I think that's something that he can really help with and something that the Pirates, again, let him work on it throughout the offseason. Let him come into spring training and uh, – go to first base and get some more innings and some more playing time when the games don't matter. And then make your decision when you come out of spring training. Okay. Do we want Triolo to be the first baseman? Do we want it to be Connor Joe? Do we want it to be Alfonso Rivas? Who do you want it to be? And as for inside the organization, are there really any players who could push to play at first base in 2024? It's a bit, it's possible. There's some guys we could talk about, though, about that here in a moment, but that's going to be for our final segment of today's show. But before we get into that final segment, I want to talk to you guys about bunches. Okay, Locked On Pirates fans, you may have heard us talk about the three new app just for sports fans called Bunches. Bunches is a new social network built for sports fans. No politics, no doom and gloom. And it's just sports. They've recently released a new scoreboard feature that lets you check live scores in the app and chat about live games as they happen. You can chat about the Pirates and join the Locked On Bunch by clicking the link in the show notes and description to get the app or go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now because Bunches is the free app where sports fans can chat. Locked On MLB group chat is on Bunches Go there now and connect with other baseball fans, chat your favorite team, talk about the MLB postseason, and keep up with the latest MLB news. Have any questions or comments about today's episode? Well, you can chat about it in the Locked On MLB Bunch on Bunches because you could chat about your Pittsburgh Pirates every day, and the Bunch is always fun. I've went in there after games sometimes to see what other teams were talking about when they were facing the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I always thought that was a little fun. And make sure you download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description show notes to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. And thank you, Bunches, so much for sponsoring this episode.
Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to the final segment of today's episode of Locked on Pirates. Thank you again so much for understanding about this episode. I know uh, as many of you, I think you listened to the first segment. So if you skipped the first segment today, I completely understand. But this is the rest of what we were talking about here on the Locked on Pirates podcast. And finally, we're going to talk about some minor leaguers who could play first base in 2024 for Pittsburgh. And I say this lightly because a lot of these guys, I still think, have a lot to work on in their game. A lot of them are also a little too maybe far behind. And the guy that we're going to basically get into before we do that, though, I think it's been pretty clear for the Pittsburgh Pirates that they have just been unable to develop a first baseman at the major, at like any level for quite some time. I mean, you look at Mason Martin. When I started the show, Mason Martin was a very highly regarded prospect among Pittsburgh Pirates fans and myself, and he has done relatively nothing of note really since I started the show. And he was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to finally be that first baseman prospect that the pirates could finally plug into the lineup and not have to go outside of the organization and get somebody. And they're usually opting for outside additions to put a bandaid on the position. And that's something we've seen them do as recently as this past off season. And they've done it for pretty much the past decade. And when you look now, it is hard to find many first base options, but there are some noteworthy guys that I think you can look at that could make a push at some point next season. Now I would say this will probably like probably be later in the year for most of these guys. And that would also mean an outside acquisition probably makes even more sense just because I don't think any of these guys would break the opening day roster, but they are guys that you can look at and go down the board and say, okay, this guy could potentially make a push in 2024 and play some of that position. And we start with Dario Lopez, who was a guy that going into the season, I was very excited to watch. He was a signee of the 2019 international signing period, and he's seen success at his time. Um, in his time at the uh, minor league level for the Pittsburgh Pirates, started his career at 18. He's a career 285 average hitter with a 793 OPS, and he's primarily, of course, been a third baseman and a shortstop, but he has experience all around the infield, much like Triolo, having played all four infield positions at the minor league level. And although he hasn't played first base since his debut 2019 season, He's always been an adequate defensive player. And even when you go on MLB.com uh, prospects and look at the top prospects in the Pirates uh, system, Lopez is in the top 30. And when you read it, it says third base slash first base because the Pirates, I think, view him that way. The only issue with Lopez that is unfortunate is he did miss all of 2023 due to injury, but he does have a chance to push for a big league roster spot sometime in 2024 being if he comes back healthy and tears it up in minor league baseball, I think it's something that we could really see. But also keep in mind that Lopez is only 21 years of age, so he still has plenty of time to get it figured out at the minor league level before he really makes that push to the major league level. And power and fielding are his calling card. And if you watch the if you watch baseball nowadays you know power and fielding is the blend that you want over at first base. You want that tall six foot three, six foot four guy over there that can hit you 20 plus home runs and also fight for a gold glove every single year. But even then those first basemen are kind of a dime a dozen. The injury may hold him back a bit next season, 
we'll see what happens with Dario Lopez. Malcolm Nunez, of course, has been a popular name to eventually come up and play first base since his acquisition from the St. Louis Cardinals last year as part of the Jose Quintana trade. And at the time, I mean, Nunez was definitely a fun addition at the time. Of course, J.D. Hafron came on and spoke highly of Malcolm Nunez. But since he's come over to Pittsburgh, he has struggled in the minor leagues. He's lost some of that power that made him so intriguing. He hasn't been the same guy with that uh, hit tool that you were expecting from him because he only hit eight home runs in 2023 compared to 23 in 2022. But what I found very interesting about Nunez is he can play third base, but his feet are a little slow for that position. So the Pirates already kind of knew they were going to have to move him the first. And that's exactly what they did this season because he played 314 and a thirds innings at first base at AAA Indianapolis this season, posting a 997 fielding percentage. So again, very adequate at the position, already has experience playing the position. And it's something that I think he can do moving forward. But he only hit 237 in 271 plate appearances. And I think that's another concern from his bat that was profiled highly. And you look at Nunez, and I think the the problem is pretty simple. If he can regain his power bat and that hit tool in 2024 while also still playing the first base position the way that he did last year, I see no issue as to why Malcolm Nunez couldn't be a guy at some point to come up and play first base alongside a Jared Triolo or a Connor Joe or whatever direction the Pirates decide to do with the position. So I would watch Malcolm Nunez going into next season. I think, again, if he can get back up into that 250, 260 range and really start hitting the baseball again, I really think that's something that the Pirates are going to value, especially if he continues to play good defense over at the position. Matt Gorski is another guy that a lot of people brought up to me that can move over to first base, but it would obviously take time to adjust. He's primarily an outfielder, but could play the position. And the Pirates also have some protecting they have to do of Matt Gorski to make sure he isn't taken by another team. And then you look at other minor league first basemen that the Pirates are working with right now. They include Chase Bowen, Josiah Seitler, who of course we had on the show earlier this year, Tony Blanco Jr., one of my favorite prospects in the Pittsburgh Pirates system, and Garrett Forrester. But the one common denominator with all of those guys is none of them are far enough along to make any real impact next season, which is unfortunate. But watch those guys closely as far as what the Pirates want to do with the first base position moving forward. And with Jared Triolo and Connor Joe being the leaders for now at first base, The position obviously has plenty to improve on, and the Pirates are still searching for their future at the position, something they've been doing for quite a while. And we'll see what the Pirates decide to do to make the position less of a carousel and more of a consistent positive moving forward. Guys, thank you so much for bearing with me on this episode. I know it was a lot. and came out two days ago, and I had to delete it and all that other stuff. But thank you so much. For tuning into the show, as you always do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and general fun talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Guys, thank you so much. Have a beautiful Saturday. Enjoy the postseason baseball and college football today. But until then, see you on the flip side.